This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. That's right. It's Around the Rim, your women's basketball podcast for ESPNW. I am your host, LaChina Robinson. Joined by my fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And we have a full show for you guys because there is lots of breaking news, lots of big things happening in the sport of women's basketball. In this podcast, we are going to transition you. We're going to first celebrate the National Championship South Carolina Gamecocks. Congratulations to Dawn Staley, her staff, the school, the university, the players, everybody, um, because this was major. You know, I mean, South Carolina is definitely a team that was on the radar, but we had a final four to remember. Um, keeping in mind, we started our final four experience in Dallas with four teams. UConn that had won 111 straight games. Mississippi State, uh, coached by Vic Schaefer, led by Morgan William, one of the more exciting players we have seen in the college game in a very long time. Uh, the Stanford Cardinal were in, in Dallas as well headed up by Tara Vanderveer, who won 1,000-plus games in her career. We got to celebrate that this season. And then there was South Carolina, uh, the team that uh, Don Staley led that had so many moments of perseverance this season. We'll get into that later on with Don, but we want to say congratulations. Um, I will get into my clipboard in a moment, but just to kind of recap, South Carolina did beat Stanford. They were down at half. Um, but led by 19 rebounds from Asia Wilson, they would move on. And then going back to UConn Huskies, who most people, I know I did, um, had them winning it all. I mean, let's be real. You win 111 straight games, then this two that you have to win to get to a national championship is nothing. But that did not happen. Credit Mississippi State, who lost to UConn last year by 60 points in the NCAA tournament. What a job by Vic Schaefer. Uh, with the game plan to take down the Huskies. Morgan William was fantastic, but it was ultimately Mississippi State's defense that was outstanding. And it was a game that went into overtime. Morgan William hit a game winner over the outstretched arms of the defensive player of the year, as named by the WBCA, Gabby Williams. So it just, everything was so, it was amazing. Um, great ratings for ESPN. There were so many people on various platforms talking about this game, celebrating this game, and, and not because, I mean, God, come on, UConn is amazing, and we all know that. Uh, but the underdog, Mississippi State, the underdog, stopped the streak at 111. Long story short, Mississippi State would go on to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks, and the Gamecocks did prevail. Asia Wilson was the most outstanding player um, of the Final Four in Dallas, which was just an outstanding event all the way around. But there's so much more going on in the game right now. With that, we are going to push to the first quarter. But let me just say this, fans, stick with us. We'll have my clipboard in the first quarter. Uh, we will have Dawn Staley on the show. and We plan to ask her about the breaking news with both Alicia Gray and Kayla Davis declaring for the WNBA draft going one year of eligibility. We will also have on the show Ruth Riley, the GM of the San Antonio Stars, keeping in mind they have the number one overall pick in this draft. And last but definitely not least, America's favorite player, Kelsey Plum, will be joining the show. So we have lots to get to. Let's kick it into the first quarter. 
first quarter. So I mentioned to you that we have multiple items on our clipboard. And guys, you know, all of this is just happening. So I apologize as we're going to breeze through this. Doris Burke um, has announced that she has called her final final four for women's college basketball on ESPN. I just want to take a moment to thank Doris for everything. You know, I, I was really sad and in denial when she first made the announcement because for all of us that are fans of the game who have followed uh, women's college basketball on ESPN or, or WNBA because Doris did that as well. But for all of us, she's been a big part of the game's growth. She's been an amazing mentor to so many of us women in, in various fields, but especially in broadcasting as an inspiration. So we just want to thank Doris Burke um, for all of her contributions. You definitely will be missed. Um, also, big news coming out of Maryland, where Freshman of the Year, WBCA Freshman of the Year, Destiny Slocum has announced that she is leaving Maryland with the intent on transferring Jean Wang, who most of you know, who's an outstanding women's basketball writer um, for the Washington Post, said that Slocum has announced she will be transferring. Um, she was their starting point guard, had an outstanding season. And we, those of us who are having a little bit of deja vu who have watched this program because it was Lexi Brown who transferred to Duke just a couple seasons ago after leading the Terrapins to the Final Four. So they're losing another point guard. And there's been different sentiments expressed as far as why this is happening. You know, we've seen some people say, well, she's far from home. You know, Jean just, there was a quote from her that says, I'm grateful for my time at Maryland and the opportunity. I want to thank my teammates, coaches, fans for the support. I put a lot of work into this, a thought into this decision, prayer. And I talked with my family and coach be a great deal and have decided to continue my college career elsewhere. So that will be a story that we will definitely keep our eyes on. Brenda Freeze handled it like a pro and just basically said in her experience, she's had to deal with a lot of things and, you know, life happens, things happen. So we'll keep our eyes on what happens there with Destiny Slocum. Mike Neighbors going home to Arkansas. He has been named the head coach there. Congrats to him, obviously, after leading Washington to a Final Four behind the play of Kelsey Plum last season. He's put Washington on the map, but is now going to go home to coach at Arkansas. Um, we talked about the streak ending for UConn. Um, congratulations to Bobby Kelsey, who was named an assistant for the LA Sparks. Been a big discussion about women coaching um, and the decline in the numbers of women coaches. That was a big conversation this weekend in Dallas happening in several pockets. So I encourage fans to take a look at that as we have to continue to look at some of the trends with our games, whether it's players leaving early for the WNBA um, you know, the decline of women coaching women. There's just so many things happening. And, and so make sure you're keeping up on ESPNW. So that's my clipboard. We have an exciting show coming up. And with that, let's move to the second quarter. Second quarter, inside the huddle. Fans, you will not believe this. The little old Around the Rim podcast for women's basketball scored an interview with the newly crowned national championship head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's right. Welcome to the show, Dawn Staley. Welcome, Dawn. What's up, China? Now, we can't believe we got an interview with you because, let me tell you, everyone in the world wants a piece of Dawn right now, and for good reason. Congratulations. I mean, what a journey. What a, what a story. 
what has this past couple of days since winning the national championship, what has it been like for you? Um, it, it actually has been a whirlwind. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty special. I've heard from a lot of different friends and family members and, and colleagues and former teammates. Uh, it's been a, a, a shared incredible moment with uh with all of those people that have been you know by my side that that's seen the ups and downs the the good the bad uh, but now they see us as national champions now i have to ask you this question obviously you get a lot of congratulations i saw lebron giving you a shout out uh what has been maybe the most surprising or what congrats has meant the most to you um since your win you know it's it's, it's really not you know the you know the unexpected people like the LeBrons and like President Clinton. You know it is the people that you know that have been here, and it's also the you know the people around the the coaching profession, other college coaches, other people who are just really happy that you know someone like myself can you know can win a national championship because honestly I'm more like other the masses than anybody else. And mm-hmm. I just give Lynn hope to, you know, young coaches who who aspire to become national champions um, or programs that have never won a, a national championship. I am more like them, you know, than, you know, maybe some of the other, you know, schools that have won multiple championships. Yeah, I think everyone loves your story. Not only were you kind of the underdog in life coming from North Philly, Um, having your fair share of challenges from that standpoint, you know, the amount of pressure I think that a player of your caliber after your success at Virginia can, can be under, but also South Carolina as the underdog program. I mean, who knew that this would happen, not just a national championship, but the following that you guys have. Um, I saw you gave a shout out to coach Cheney. I know that was someone who, uh, obviously knows about your journey and has meant a lot to your career. Take us back to the Final Four experience, Don, because you, in my opinion, you looked so confident. Like, I, I really had this air, and I had the opportunity to spend the time with you guys starting with the first and second rounds, but you had this confidence that you really looked like you knew something special was going to happen. You were so relaxed. Um, what allowed you to, to have that level of confidence on such this this big stage? Well, I think any time that you, you know, any time you've gone through an entire year uh, with the, you know, with the team that you have, you have to stay, you have to stay true to yourself. You can't get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. You have to find a way to maintain, although, you know, although you you may experience some nervousness, you may experience, you know, um, some stage fright. I don't, I don't think I was that, but I wanted to make sure that our players you know, saw that I was the same, the same way. And if mm-hmm. you're the same way, they're going to take heed and, and they're going to be the same way. And I, I was talking to who I was talking to Kayla Davis last night about, you know, how I used to just kind of want, I see basketball and I see our team and I see things supposedly looking like, a certain thing, a certain way, like perfection. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking perfection. Mm-hmm. And when I don't see it, you know, I, I always stay on our players. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they correct it and sometimes they don't. Um, and I, I just look back and I, I, at some point, 
we we have to allow our kids to be who they are. Yes, mm-hmm. there needs to be discipline, and yes, you know, but you know, our discipline and and how they look may not always match up. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you know, I, sometimes it's forcing them to do something that they aren't they aren't they don't naturally do. Mm-hmm. And as coaches, you you have to sometimes play off of what kids do naturally, on and off the court, on and off the court. If it's not hindering or hurting anybody, it's just you don't feel like it looks right to you. Um, you can't always correct it. Mm-hmm. You can't because it, it's who they are, and you don't want to change who people are if it's not if it's not a negatively impacting the team or 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 has a negative impact on the team. And I've learned to, as I reflect on this year. You know, give them their space. That's who they are. You know, I used to ask them, you know, why do you guys do things and why do you say things? And they're just like, we're we're millenniums. And they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I, I am old school. I would say that I'm old school. I'm, I'm more of an tr- old school, traditional coach. Um, but, you know, I also I'm very aware of who people are and I don't want to. I just wanted to add to who they are to make them better people and players. I love that. Yeah, and I love that about you because I'm sure you were the same way in Virginia. I'm sure Debbie Ryan bringing this girl from North Philly, there was only so much she was going to change about yeah. who you were. Um, and we love that aspect of who you are. Yeah, I, I sometimes forget, you know, that I was a, I was a little Bianca Cuevas. <laughs> I was just that. I was just that. And Debbie probably treated me the same way, um, you know. But I, I, with Bianca, you know, I—I I mean, she's grown so much. You know, we—it's wonderful to see because we don't—we used to fight each other, you know. Like she didn't, you know. I would try to correct and, you know, correct her, and she would fight me. And you know, now it's like, hey, B, you might want to—you might want to do do something this way. And she's just yeah. like, okay. And whether she. Believe me or not, if she tells me, okay, hey, that's music to my ears because that's not what I was used to hearing maybe two years ago. Right. And, it, and right. it's worked out. It's, it shows her maturity. It show, also shows my trust in her that, you know, I don't have to say, you know, I don't have to say any more than what I just said and it's taken care of. Yeah. It was great to see her get that moment because there was so much conversation about her role this year. And, you know, obviously Ty coming in, playing well. Everyone, you know, the word that you guys kept talking about was persevering. You know, whether it was the pressure that Bianca Cuevas Moore may have been receiving to leave the program when she was no longer, you know, at the helm. But still finding a way to shut Morgan William down and the national championship game was huge. Or, you know, you guys playing without coach was a storyline. You know, and I'm, I was glad to see her come out and say, listen, the only reason why I'm not with my team is because the medical staff said so. You know, because there was a lot of conversation about that piece. But you guys lost her. You had lost Asia Wilson earlier on in the season. And I want to talk about that. We'll get to Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray in a moment. But the most outstanding player... Um, of the final four was Asia Wilson. And I know we talk a lot about guard playing and dog, you're a guard and you understand the significance of that, but I'm looking at the most outstanding player award the past few years. And it's been Brianna Stewart. It's now Asia Wilson. But as far as Asia, what do you see as her potential? What can she be to the game of basketball? Um, you know, Asia Wilson is, you know, everything that's right in women's basketball. 
I mean, she's she's of great character. Um, she's fun. She's you know she's fun to be around. You know she doesn't take herself self too seriously. Um, she gives each moment what it deserves. Whether it's funny, whether it's serious, you know, whether it's um, you know whether it's community service. Um, and then you know when you put on the big stage, um, she'll give you a national championship. <laughs> um, <Right. and> that's- <laughs> And that's what she did for us. You know, she is, you know, and I, I still don't even think she's touched the surface of how good she's going to be. Um, um, as you saw her in the, the, the national semifinals game, um, mm-hmm. there are things that she, she must continue to learn. She's got to continue to learn to, to play a little bit better out of double and triple teams. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got to, uh, you know, she's got to, at, at times, you know, she gets so um, competitive that it almost mm-hmm. takes away from the the talent that she has because she's so worried about some other stuff. You know, Kayla Davis mm-hmm. had to calm her down at one time. Uh, Alicia Gray <laughs> had to calm her down at one time um, in the in the semifinals game, and um, so she's still learning. But you know, by far, uh, I, I think she's a. Uh, I think she's the best player in the country. I know we 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 tend to to go with some other people, but you know I know and I'm pretty biased by it. Um, <laughs> and, and if she was anywhere else, um, I, I think she would be capturing some of those uh, National Player of the Year awards. I'm hoping that when she goes out to the Wooden Awards, um, things will be differently and it will uh, work in her favor. Yeah, there's there's still a lot to be seen, but um, you know, I think that you do have a case for what she has done. I mean, Kelsey Plum, someone put it in this concept for me, and I think I think Kelsey Plum is the national player of the year. That's my opinion. I'm just sharing that. But someone said, you know, I think that Kelsey Plum is was the most amazing player in women's college basketball, but as far as the most valuable, you start to look at what Asia Wilson has done. You start to look, you know, just value has different sentiment to everyone. And when you win a national championship and you lead your team there, I mean, what, 19 rebounds against Stanford in the semifinals, really just willed your team and whatever you needed um, against Mississippi State, especially facing a lot of size. I thought she really held her own and helped your team to prevail. So let me ask you really quickly about this. Um, Morgan William was an interesting story because everyone kept saying Morgan William is Dawn. And I saw you give her a shout out at some point. Obviously things didn't end well with her team losing and all of that. But what do you think those moments like what Morgan William did, what, the, what does that do for women's basketball? I mean, breaking UConn's 111-game streak. I mean, this young woman was up. I mean, no one, nobody saw this coming from her, what she's done in the tournament. Undersized, you know, um, just people were overlooking her. And I know inside the SEC, and I thought all year she was one of the best point guards, so not a surprise to you. But what does a performance like that do for our game? Um, it, it mean, goes to show that you got to play the game. You, you have to play the game because, you know, if, if you don't, you, we would miss out on on such a spectacular performance. Um, by Morgan. Um, she is someone that I, I really enjoy prepping for her because I get to watch her up close and personal. You know, every, you know, the, the games that they've played before they played us, um, she's been, and she's improved. You know, you, you want to see people continue to improve her shot. You know, she's more efficient. She is, you know, vocally, she's come a long way from, you know, two years ago. 
um, where she was probably more of a silent leader. Um, now she just manages. She directs. She talks. She points. She scores. She facilitates. Um, she is the reason why they have been as successful because you cannot do that without without having a, a, a really good point guard. You can't win in those moments. And a, a really good point guard that can score, that has a really good understanding of when, when it's my time, when it's Vivian's time, when it's Big T's time, okay, when it's Richardson's time, when it's Dillingham's time. She has a really good understanding of when it's somebody's time and being able to push that button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's, I think she's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she is outstanding, and I'm, I was glad to see. Um, just the underdog, you know, it, it, we needed that in women's basketball, you know, cause it become, it had become an expectation of UConn and, you know, everybody, Oh, I'm not going to watch cause we don't know what's going to happen. So credit to Vic Schaefer and what his team did. Um, so let's talk about WNBA draft because there's some news uh, that came out today that Alicia Gray and Kayla Davis, um, are exploring their options for the draft. Now, Alicia Gray actually did write an official announcement that she is foregoing. Where are those two players, to your knowledge, in, ter- in relation to the WNBA draft? They are. They they have declared. Um, um, as of last night when I met with both of them, um, they both said they would not hire an agent. Um, but they only have five days uh, to uh, withdraw. Um, if that's what they they're going to do, I don't think they will do that. You know, I think they will will will, will live out you know, their WNBA uh, dreams. Um, I think they're ready for it. They they're ready for the challenge of of playing on that that level each and every day. I'm happy that we gave them a platform to raise their stock. You know, because as as coaches, we're dream merchants. We want them to live out their dreams. We want to put them in positions where. Um, they can accomplish their dreams. And this is something that both of them wanted to do. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they're able to do that. And it's, it's bittersweet, though. You know, I thought we could, you know, we could uh, make some more noise next year in the, you know, next season and, and maybe maybe win another NCAA um, national championship. Um, but, you know, God has a plan. And I'm not going to, you know, the plan was for us to win a national championship the plan is for them to go on, to, you know, to realize their dreams. Um, I'm not going to complain at all. <laughs> they both were phenomenal. And that's another thing that I, you know, as I mentioned, Kelsey Plum was, again, my national player of the year. You were my national coach of the year. Um, you know, and and obviously, Gino, if I could have given Co, I would have said you and Gino. But I think you should have definitely been in the conversation for, uh, and the finalists, because you integrated two major pieces from another team, from other teams, and Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray. That's not easy to get those players to mesh. Obviously, your offense was much improved. Um, you know, again, adding to that, the injuries you had to deal with. But uh, let me ask you this: it Is did you expect to have that conversation with them? Like, this is this something you talked about when they got there that they could possibly leave, or was that something that you that developed after you guys won the national championship? Well, it's a conversation that we had when when they when they first came, and you you can't two years ago you you know you you can't foresee you know this that moment two years you know in foresight, um, and they both immediately this is two years ago said that no we're going we're going to be here the whole time, right? 
And then you <laughs> fast forward two years, we win a national championship, um, and they have an opportunity to go in the draft and be a high draft pick. Um, Kayla, to me, is probably not as surprising as Alicia is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because Alicia is really close to, to Asia Wilson. And, yes. um and they, you know, it just caught us off by it caught us by surprise, you know that that she would that she would you know enter into the draft. But you know, after speaking with her her parents, um, this is something that she's wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that she's wanted to do. You know, the opportunity is here. We talked about you know next year, um, the draft is probably a lot more deep than it is this year. And it gives us a, it gives her a great opportunity to have a to be a higher draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens because they definitely will change what happens. Um, obviously, in the, those lottery picks for the WNBA draft. Uh, before I let you go, Don, amazing, amazing exchange between you and Carolyn Peck, the only two African Americans to win a national championship with her giving you a piece of her net and you then looking forward to passing that on to someone else now that you've won your national championship. I wanted to, um, you know, just mention that for fans to please go check out that story. I think it's so inspirational. But last thing for you, you know, I I knew you weren't going to cry when you won. Everybody was like, is Dawn going to cry? And I said it before you even, before it was even over, I said, Dawn is not going to cry. But I cried because I know where you came from. I know your journey. You know, I remember the conversations when you first got that job, you know, about everything you weren't going to do. You know, and it was hard because, I mean, I've always looked up to you. I have so much respect for what you've done for the game. And I know how determined you are out of North Philly. So with that being said, as you look at your journey from beginning to where you are, Dawn, how, what would you say was the biggest factor to, to getting you to this level of success? And, all, and not to mention that you're now our new national coach for USA <laughs> basketball. So what, what has gotten you here, Dawn? Um, I mean, it's really quite simple. It's, is disciplined. Um, I I have a quote that I live by, and it is, the disciplined person can do anything. And I'm a I'm firm believer in that. And 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 that discipline is positive and negative. If you if you're if you're if you're disciplined to your craft, you're going to be successful. But if you're disciplined to something negative, you're going to be successful at that too. Um, I just chose to use basketball as a platform and a vehicle to to help me become more successful. And mm-hmm. it is it, so easy. I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not easy to always apply discipline to your life because it's hard. It's hard to, you know, to not do things that you feel that you should be doing that's not that's not helpful to your to, to your success, and mm-hmm. I try to get our players to kind of understand that because they are, you know, they are people who are in the moment. They're young, they can't see the big picture, and discipline allows you to see the big picture, and it keeps you on the path of of do right, yeah. of do right. Because I, you know, growing up in Philly, you know, you could you could have strayed and and did some things that you know other people were doing. That didn't have your, you know, they didn't have your 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 goals in mind, and mm-hmm. discipline allowed me to just stay on the basketball court. Discipline from my mother, you know, made me 
you know, get in, get in the house at a certain time that I didn't want to because I wanted to still play basketball. You know, discipline. <laughs> you know, yeah, discipline. Uh, that black belt my mother used, utilized was a disciplinarian tool to keep me in check. So, you know, getting good grades and being disciplined in the classroom, you know, were things that my mother instilled in me. So, although we don't always like to be disciplined, you know, it is something that has stuck with me from the very beginning to to now, and it's helped me win a national championship. Well, you earned it. You deserved it. We're so happy, so proud, so happy for our game. Also very excited for your leadership um, for our USA team. I mean, Dawn, you have inspired so many. And thank you for, for being humble and always being who you are. You know, we didn't expect to get this interview with you. You know, we were like, Tarika had the foresight to say, I'm just going to reach out and see because everybody in the world wants a piece of you. But this is who you are, you know, and, and we really just appreciate you coming on the show. And congratulations on all your success. Thank you. I said we started the season with with uh, Around the Rim podcast, and we're going to end the season with it. I love it. I love it. You know what? I'm just going to get her to clip that, Tarika, and I'm going to put that. it's I'm already done. It's already done, and I'm just going to loop it the whole time. Like, no, now what? Is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dawn. Enjoy this time, and enjoy all of your success. Congratulations. You know it. Thank you. Stay right where you are, basketball fans. That was a great first half wrap on the college season, and in the second half, we are going to look ahead to WNBA draft, WNBA season. We have San Antonio Stars GM Ruth Riley, as well as who could be the number one pick in the draft. That's right. We've got Kelsey Plum with us right after this. Third quarter. Scouting report. Hello, fans. We are in the third quarter, and as we promised you, women's basketball is not done. That's right. Yes, the college season is over, but we are pushing forward and looking ahead to the WNBA draft. We're excited about uh, what promises to be a great WNBA season in 2017, and with that, we are really excited to have with us um, someone who has done just about everything in the game of women's basketball for winning a national championship on the college level at Notre Dame, um, a USA basketball gold medalist. Um, I mean, what she has done for women's basketball championships in her time um, in Detroit with the shock, but what she's done for the game and the community is also uh, just something that I think we can all admire and appreciate. And I just want to bring into the show and welcome Ruth Riley, the GM of the San Antonio Stars. Welcome, Ruth. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes. So we are excited. Um, a lot going on right now. So we're hoping you can bring some perspective and kind of shine a light on everything that's happening. Uh, let's start with the WNBA draft and just what has been your preparation and getting ready to make your, your picks this year? Well, this has been an incredibly busy offseason. Um, the draft prep, obviously finding out that we had the number have the number one pick. And from that point on, um, you know, just an exciting position for us to be in. Um, you know, it's a lot of obviously watching games, watching game film. Thankfully, because of ESPN, uh, and there are so many games that we have access to now. And so, you know, we can scout more from home. Um, you do want to get to the gym and get eyes on some of these players, you know, as much as possible. And then just finding out about who they are off the court. Um, you know, culture fit is a big thing for us here in San Antonio, and 
especially when we're building something, we want to make sure those pieces fit the foundation that we're trying to lay. Now, when you look at, at your picks in the draft, you correct me, I, you, obviously you have number one, you also have a pick at number five, um, which was the result of some movement, Danielle Robinson going to Phoenix. So for fans that don't know, Danielle Robinson um, will not be in San Antonio this year. She has moved, uh, been traded to Phoenix. And you also, if I am not mistaken, have the first pick in the third round. That's it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> a few high ones, and then we we have a little break before the third round. Right, you got a little bit of time. So give me just your thoughts. Obviously, those are very three three very different positions, but how you're thinking about or what is your approach um, to, to your picks? Well, having the first pick obviously gives us the luxury of selecting the player that we know we want and um, the only team, obviously, in the draft to know for sure when we start training camp. Um, you know, we have the one player that we have definitely be target, have been targeting. Number five is a little tricky because you're at the mercy of what Chicago and Dallas does in front of us. And, you know, there's always opportunity for trades. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few um, before or on draft day this season. But there's there's a lot of, of talent. Um, and I think this draft is pretty unpredictable. Um, some, some drafts of last year I think were a little more set. So it's it's exciting to to see, but it, it just adds a lot more preparation on our end. The number one pick in mind, obviously, there's been a lot of conversation. Kelsey Plum, um, Diamond DeShields has decided to return to school. South Carolina wins the national championship, and it looks like two of their key pieces are headed to the WNBA: Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray. Uh, how would those two players change uh, the top of the draft, in your opinion, Ruth? I say they they have the potential to change it pretty significantly because there's so much um, ambiguity right now in how the draft is going to play out. And so you throw two more talented players in there. um, It's a lot for not only Dallas and Chicago and myself and um, the rest of kind of these top teams to, to work with, but other teams that might be interested in trading up for those players as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, first of all, it looks like at number five, you're going to get an even more talented player overall than maybe you were before these two, um, you know, before they expressed their interest to possibly enter the WNBA draft. And, I mean, let's just face it. We were looking at when Diamond DeShields was a possibility or Mercedes Russell was a a possibility or when Kelsey Mitchell was a possibility. We were like, oh, wow, this could be really, really deep. I don't know how many people saw Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray um, entering, which now puts us back at at a higher level of talent at the top. Let me ask you this. Would those players, would those two players be in consideration for another for a number one pick? You know, I mean, that's obviously something we we hadn't talked at length about. We have been evaluating clearly this really unusual um, right. position that we find ourselves in with so many transfers and, um, you know, spending a lot of time on for sure the ones that we know that we're evaluating and also on the sidebar looking at these ones saying if they do, if they don't, how does this play out? But now that we have a little more clarity, these are these are real discussions um, 
you know, that we're about to have with our staff. And with that, you know, a, a lot of, well, coming off of Dallas, you know, Kelsey Plum is National Player of the Year and very deserving. I mean, I, I think, I don't think there was much of a question that she would be National Player of the Year. And most people think, um, you know, obviously she'll be either a lock or under heavy consideration for the number one pick. Just your overall thoughts on her as you've watched her, um, both on and off the court, and what you like about what Kelsey Plum does. What she's. She's a true champion, and and not just on the court. I mean, I love, you know, her work ethic, her character, her leadership. Um, I mean, she loves the game. She impacts the game in a big way consistently. I mean, the numbers she put up throughout her career and, you know, to be able to, to do that, garnering so much attention and, and do it well and consistent is not easy. Um, but I think her personality um, you know, it, it's just great for our game. It's, I think she does things the right way. Um, she's an incredible example for the younger generations to say, if you work at something, um, good things come. And, and she's a byproduct of a lot of hard work. And do you think she, in your opinion, in the league, combo one-two uh, position? Yeah, um, unless she's going to add a lot of inches to go to the three, um, I think she is a combo guard at the one two, uh, and it really depends on the system that your your players are playing in. I mean, her ability to shoot the three, every team needs you know consistent shooting from the wing to increase the spacing on the floor and the efficiency of your of your offense. But she's a great pick and roll player. I mean, that has been their offense um, at Washington for a long time and you know when the shot clock runs down a lot of those possessions are going to end in a pick and roll and she's very capable at that yeah and you've got a great point guard in mariah jefferson so a lot to see uh, what happens and i have to throw this in there real quick too we were looking at the 28 2018 draft class does that in your opinion and, and i know you have the five pick but does the next year's draft being so deep you think going to impact trades um, or anything we may see in, in terms of movement for next year's picks? I think it makes those trades more valuable. Um, you know, your ability to trade a first-round pick for a good player um, has just increased. Um, and it really depends on, you know, what the team's needs are. Uh, are they really immediate? Are you looking at this season? Is there a position you need Um versus are you building for the future? Right. Okay, so let's just talk San Antonio because uh, Tariq is going to kill me. We don't have a ton of time, but I, I wanted to – there's been a lot going on, obviously, in the off season. You hired a, a head coach in Vicki Johnson. Um, in your opinion, why is she the right choice to lead this team? Well, and she is one of the best players to play her game, and you know, she – is a legend in the WNBA, has so much experience, um, has spent 10 years with our organization as a player and assistant coach, and um, just really value not only what she brought to the court as a player, but her mindset, her work ethic, her character, her commitment to the community, all the things that we value here in San Antonio. And, you know, excited um, for the upcoming season uh, to give her this opportunity to have her lead the Stars moving forward. Um, you know, we're grateful um, that she's been with our organization for so long and will continue to be in the future. 
And as far as the outlook for this season, what are what are your expectations? Um, what major changes could we see in terms of style or anything um, that you think the fans can just bite onto as we anticipate the kickoff of the 2017 WNBA season? Well, we did change our roster quite a bit, uh, especially in the post position, adding Erica De Sosa, losing Jaina Powell Marinelli is a big void for you know leadership that we've had on our team. So grateful to have, you know, veteran free agent to come in, Dos Santos from Chicago. Um, but really it's going to be staying healthy and making sure, you know, we have players on the court all season. Kayla McBride looks great. She's playing overseas um, and excited to have her back to her potential. And we're a young team, uh, a new system, new coach. I think, uh, it's going to be exciting basketball to watch here in San Antonio. Well, we will be looking forward to that and looking forward to the draft. So many developments happening. Again, fans, if you don't know some of those names um, that could be called uh, at the top of the WNBA draft, Kelsey Plum, obviously, Elena Coach, Tori Walker-Kimbrough, Brianna Jones. Now it looks like Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray could be added to that group. Uh, Nia Coffey, Sydney Weiss. The list goes on and on. Lots of talent, um, and we are definitely excited and, and looking forward to big things in San Antonio. Ruth, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. All right, fans. Now, we are continuing on. We, again, are closing down the college basketball season and starting to look ahead to the WNBA draft and the WNBA season. And with that, I would like to welcome in uh, the president of Team Lefty, um, Washington <laughs> Huskies guard, Kelsey Plum. Welcome into the show, Kelsey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I mean, wow, what a week for you. You've won every player of the year award that was available to you. Congratulations. National Player of the Year, Naismith, um, AP, you name it. You won it. Let's start there. Just what was the experience in Dallas like and all the awards and, um, you know, just being honored? Well, I haven't won the Wooden Award yet, so. Oh, um, that you're waiting on that one, huh? <laughs> we'll see. No, no, I just, you know, it's it's been such a whirlwind in these past couple weeks, and I just feel so honored. I mean, when you hear your name, like receiving the Nancy Lieberman Award or the Ann Myers Drysdale, it just makes it so special, because I know the history of the game. I've I've watched these women be pioneers for, you know, little girls like me to follow, and, you know, growing up and seeing some of these idols that I have, Diana and Sue and Maya Moore, you know, they win the Wade Trophy. And so for me to be on that list is, um, it's really just a dream come true. Well, you deserve it. And I don't think there was any question that you would be player of the year. And if Wooden would hurry up, um, I expect that that will be the case as well. Um, So let's talk about just your season, your year, um, you know, now that you can kind of step back and reflect, obviously you're the all-time leading scorer now in, in women's college basketball. Um, you also have the record for most points scored this season. And as you look at everything and look at your career, what stands out most to you? This season was a lot of fun. And I think that's why I was able to have such a productive year because it was so fun. And I didn't try to take it too seriously. You know, I knew that there was a lot of stuff maybe on the horizon, but, um, I wasn't looking at that. You know, I was looking at being a great teammate, trying to leave a legacy, kind of like you said. Um, and uh, we had a, kind of a new 
group of girls. Uh, we had a couple transfers. You know, we had some new girls uh, come in just as freshmen. And so I just wanted to be a leader. I wanted to emulate fun, passion, a lot of joy. Um, and I wanted to bring that to the community of Seattle. And I think that that was the goal. And I, it's pretty cool to see something that you want to happen and then actually have it happen the way it did. I mean, we've sold out Alaska Airlines three times by the end of the year. Um, you know, senior night was packed. We just had a ton of support. And I think that grew nationally um, as the year went on. And for me to be able to be a um, an ambassador, per se, or someone that, you know, brings hype to the game, that it just makes it even more special on the top of that because, um, you know, I take on that responsibility with great pride. Yeah, you have bought a lot of hype, and you've bought a lot of excitement. You've bought a lot of eyes to the game. I mean, looking at every all the storylines of this season, obviously with UConn winning 111 straight games, I think Kelsey Plum is right after that in terms of just the history you made and everything you did. Now, you're not the only person that will be leaving Washington. Um, it has been announced that Mike Neighbors will head back to Arkansas, mm-hmm. um, where he will be the head coach of their women's basketball program. Uh, what hindsight, what will Coach Neighbors' uh, legacy have been, in your opinion, at Washington? Yeah, that's a great question. I think he helped take a program from, you know, not established to established um, in a way, Mm -hmm. especially on the West Coast. I think that, um, you know, he did it his way um, with Mm -hmm. the group that he had, Chantel, myself, Katie, Heather. um, You know, we played for him for four years, and and, – I think it was the perfect coach for the fit of the team, the fit of the culture, what they wanted. Um, and I'm happy for him. I mean, I mean, that's, he's coming home. It, it's a dream job for him. That's, that's his, as Kevin McGuff is to Ohio State, Mike Neighbors is to University of Arkansas. So it's going to be a good fit. And I know it's going to take some time, but um, I think that he's excited for the challenge. And, um, you know, we'll see what he can, he can do. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. Just want to send some love to him for all that he accomplished there. Uh, it's just amazing. As you mentioned, the crowds. I mean, even yeah. for the Pac-12 tournament, I mean, amazing to see the turnout, the draw, uh, all the women's basketball fans. Obviously, the Seattle Storm is a part of that, but you guys have really done something special there. All right, so let's talk WNBA draft um, which is coming up April 13th you officially hired an agent you are going to go with Wasserman Lindsay Kagawa who is the best in the game um, yeah what made you decide to go with Lindsay and what is the process for our fans of, of choosing an agent mm-hmm. how did you make that decision yes well Lindsay's the goat um, <laughs> I no I uh I've actually had a lot of input behind the scenes. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that have been represented by multiple different um, agencies and just talking with my coaches, talking with my mom. Uh, my mom's been a big part on the other side, just looking at, you know, what I want, my direction I want to go with myself, basketball, and then, you know, also off the court, um, different opportunities, maybe endorsement type stuff. Um, you know, I think that Lindsay was the perfect fit for me because obviously her uh, credentials speak for itself and the type of players that she represents is, um, you know, the best of the best. I mean, she has Maya, Diana, Sue, Stewie, you know, and I, I know some of her clients pretty closely. Um, and it was just 
it was almost one of the things that was like, you know what, I think this would be a great fit for me. I mean, it's a great opportunity, and I know that she's going to provide some of the best resources um, and just connections that there is for, you know, a woman playing basketball. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I also have a lot of things that I would like to do outside of basketball. Um, I feel like I have a voice and maybe an image, and I can reach a certain group. Um, just being me and my personality, um, and so I, I just thought it was a great fit, and I'm really grateful to be a part of the team. For for those conversations that you've had with some people she's represented, is there any piece mm-hmm. of advice you were given or someone who may have shared something with you that really stood out in terms of just your decision and making, making this decision or the process? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, well, the biggest piece of advice I got was don't worry about it until the season's over. And yeah. so um, I just tried to stay focused on what was important. But in the back of my mind, you know, I did think um, they just said, if you want to, um, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to be represented by the best. That was mm-hmm. one of the things. And then two, you know, um, in terms of what I'd like to do off the court, I think Lindsay, there's no one better that um, just has the connections and would help me grow my brand, myself, make me the best version of myself. Um, And so I just think they said what's important to you, and that was a big piece of it. And Lindsay highlighted that. And so that's what I thought was, you know, a good fit. And she has done that. I mean, guy, I can't. I think about Brianna Stewart as an example, mm-hmm. and just how vocal she is, and how she's using her voice and her platform to affect social change. And so, I know that's something that Lindsay is passionate about. And it's great the way she has encouraged um, the players that she represents to do that as well. Uh, I think that's a very important aspect of branding. So, let's talk on the court WNBA. We see where you may fit in mm-hmm. off the court. Um, where do you see yourself playing? Uh, combo one, are you comfortable two? Like, where do you really think you can have the biggest impact? Yeah, you know, I think that I would love to go to a team that loves me, loves my game. Um, and I can play different things. I can, I can play the one. People have seen me play the one. I can play the two. Um, and I can do – I'm pretty flexible. So whatever coach needs, the offense needs, um, I'm more than willing to step in. Um, but I'd like to go somewhere where they love me, they love my game, they allow me to um, play the way that, you know, I play at my best, which is creative, a little bit of freedom, um, you know, and I just want to come in, be a great teammate, work hard, and uh, try to win basketball games. That's, That's the biggest goal. And have you had any conversations to date that may um imply like where coaches see you or where yeah where, what kind of impact where they see you fitting in on the court you know I think that um maybe there might be some questions about where I fit and what's mm-hmm. the best fit but um you know I know certain teams um it's a little bit unique this year with just like some players are going to stay in and versus coming out and you know I'm not necessarily the prototypical point guard that we've seen in the past. And so I think it's not necessarily concern, but there are questions of um, my skill set and how that fits into current teams Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I just try to reassure people that I think um, the history speaks for itself. One and two, you know, I, I'm going to come in and if I, if I don't get it, I'm going to get it because I'm going to work and do what it needs, what it takes to be able to get it. And so I'm not, necessarily um worried or concerned or anything like that i'm just excited you know i think that 
the end of the day, this is a dream come true for, you know, a 22-year-old kid, and I just can't wait. I love, love, love that about you. Like, you have determination like none other. Like, you will, like you said, if you don't have it, you will have it. And I believe that. Like, hearing you say those words, I completely trust that because your work ethic have proved that over and over and over again. And players like you just don't show up. I mean, this is years of hard work, and you're... I'm really just beginning because I really believe that you're going to do a lot of special things at every level at which you're able to play the game of basketball. So I wanted to get your opinion on some things happening right now in the draft. Mm -hmm. Um, Kayla Davis and Alicia Gray, it looks like they may be headed to the to the WNBA. Diamond Shields decides to stay along with Mercedes Russell, Kelsey Mitchell Um, as a player. What do you think about those that have decided to go on and then those that have decided to stay in school and just your take on that whole thing? Um, yeah, you know, I think that it's based on theirs is a little bit different because they've transferred and sat out. So they're my age. I mean, we came into – we played McDonald's All-American game together. We came into college together. So I um, – within that situation, I think that, you know what, if you're done with school and you feel like you're ready for the next level – and you want to compete at maybe necessarily like a higher level, but um, you, you're just ready for that new stage of your life, I, I think to stay another year would only be um, hurting yourself because mentally you're not in it. Yeah. You know, you want to be at the next level. And I think you got to do what's best for the individual. Um, I don't personally know their um, stories, but I, I also commend the other side. You know, Diamond decided that she wanted to stay. I, I read her post on Instagram and, you know, credit her. She wants to do something and she wants to finish. And so, um, mm-hmm. and you know, Kayla and Alicia finished on a good note, wouldn't you say? So it depends yeah. <laughs> uh, what, which way you look at it. But I think that if they're ready, I mean, certainly skill wise, athleticism wise, talent wise, they're, they're going to have no problem um, transitioning. But also if you want to say, I commend that as well. You know, I, I personally had the choice to go out last year early and I just thought I, it's not that I wasn't, um, I just wasn't ready to end college. I, I wanted to graduate one. And then two, I felt like I could have gotten better and I could have finished things. And I'm, I'm grateful for that decision because I felt like I went out on the right note. You know, I did everything I could and, um, mm-hmm. I'm satisfied with the way that it ended. It, not necessarily the loss, but in terms of my individual year and how I felt like I did everything I could, you know? So, um, yeah. Like I said, it kind of depends on the individual, but I don't have a problem with players leaving early at all. No. Yeah. And it's 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 funny you say that, you know, every person is different because I remember having a conversation with Jewel Lloyd. Obviously, she she mm-hmm. left early from Notre Dame and she said she wanted to leave early because she wanted to play with some of the veterans that were still on the floor. Like she wanted to have the chance to compete against Tamika Catchings. We don't know, you know, how long. Um, you know, the Sue Birds of the yeah. world will be playing, even though, God, Sue looks like she could play another 10 years the way she played last she? year. But, you know, she's, <laughs> you know, she her, her thing was I wanted the opportunity to play next to some of the greats. So you just don't know where um, the thinking is on that. And everybody's different in terms of what they want to do. So are you, is going number one, is that important to you? Um, I mean, I'm competitive. Okay, so, so obviously, you know, number one, no, but I really would love to go somewhere where someone, one, loves me, loves my game, and it's the right fit. Um, whether that's yeah. one, three, five, seven, you know, I'm not concerned with the number. I'm concerned with the fit and the opportunity to be myself, and that's what yeah. is most important to me. 
you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I Steph went nine. You know, there, there's players that, you know, um, Tiffany Mitchell went nine, and she's, you know, on the all-rookie team. I really don't think it matters on what you go. It's the right fit and the opportunity, and that's what I want most. Yeah, I mean, Bria Holmes, Amani Boyette, we're talking about some players that, you know, may have been under the radar but had outstanding seasons. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining the show. I just wanted to point out just a couple other things before we do let you go. Um, Mm -hmm. The U.S. women's uh, hockey team, just quickly tell me what made you decide to to stand out and, and have a word on their solidarity. Why was that important to you? It's really important to me. I mean, we're on the same team. And not necessarily in the same sport, but we're women and we're women in sports and it matters. And it's important that we get equality. And so I felt like, you know, um, I feel, I feel like what they're going through. I just think it's admirable that they're making a stand for it. And um, it's hard to do. It's courageous. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, shout it out and make sure that they know that they have my support and hopefully, you know, the people that follow me and, Following what I do, understand that it's important, and you have a voice. And as a female role model in the community of Seattle and community of women's basketball, um, if I'm stand up and I say that, um, you know, there's a problem. We need change. We need to grow. We need to get better. I think that that it's huge, and it doesn't change unless someone says something. It doesn't change unless someone stands up and fights for what they believe in. So, you know, I'm I'm proud, and I'm I'm still gonna. It's not going to be a one-time thing. It'll be reoccurring, but, um, you know, credit to them for for uh, taking a stand. Yes, credit to them for st- taking a stance and credit to you for, you know, just being a young person that understands the significance of what's going on in society. You know, I can't say that I yeah. feel that everyone has that awareness, but I love that you are aware and that you will use your voice and your platform. I love that about you. We will be watching now for fans the Wooden Award um, for Player of the Year, both on the men's and women's side, will be awarded, and that's Friday, April 7th on ESPN2. Um, and I believe it's a 7 o'clock start. I believe that's the time. But Friday, April 7th, we will be finding out if Kelsey Plum does the clean sweep of all the Player of the Year awards. You definitely are my Player of the Year, Kelsey. Thank you so much oh, for joining thank us. You. And I will see you at the draft. Okay, I'll see you soon. Thanks for China. Uh, fourth quarter. Out of bounds. Hey, fans, it is the fourth quarter, and we are using the fourth quarter to talk about the WNBA draft. In case you have not heard, the draft will be held on April 13th. It will start on ESPN2, and then we'll have additional coverage on ESPNU. The ESPN2 portion will start at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And ESPNU will pick up coverage with the second and third round starting at 8 p.m. Everything will also be streamed live on the Watch ESPN and the ESPN app. Now, the draft is going to be held in New York at the Samsung 837. Really excited to get into a new atmosphere and and a a new venue and, and see what Lisa Borders um, and and the WNBA have in mind for this year's draft. So just quickly, I want to go over the draft order so you know what to expect, at least for the first round. San Antonio has the number one pick, Chicago two, Dallas has three and four, San Antonio has five, Washington Mystics at six, Atlanta seven, Connecticut eight, Chicago nine, Dallas ten, 
Um, L.A. is at 11 and Minnesota as at 12. And obviously, uh, the draft just got a lot deeper as we talked about the additions of Alicia Gray and uh, Kayla Davis, even though some players did decide to stay, like Diamond Shields, Kelsey Mitchell, and so on and so on. Now, the other thing I wanted to share about the draft, just to educate our fans, because we have this discussion, it seems like every year, is the the rules of eligibility. So I reached out to the WNBA just to make sure we were all clear. Here are the rules on eligibility. A player is eligible to be selected in the draft at the earliest occurrence of the following. A, she had or will have her 22nd birthday during the calendar year in which the draft is held. B, she has graduated from a four-year college or university or is to graduate from such college or university during the calendar year in which the draft is held. C, she attended a four-year college or university. Her original class in such college or university has already been graduated or is to graduate during the calendar year in which a draft is held. D, she is an international player, meaning a player who was born and resides outside of the U.S. who has had or will have her 20th birthday during the calendar year in which the draft is held. So a little more leeway there in terms of age for international players. Um, so that gives you an idea of some of the scenarios under which a player can declare. So, for example they have what is called a third-year junior who could be eligible for the draft, meaning they turned 22 this year. That would have been if Kelsey Mitchell had declared. Uh, Mississippi State's Victoria Vivians would have had that opportunity. That was the case with Jewel Lloyd. They also have what they call the fourth-year junior who had redshirted a year due to transfer or injury which means they are four years removed from high school because they did have that um, that transfer or that redshirt year. And so four years have gone by, but they still have a year of eligibility left. That would have been Lexi Brown had she chosen to do so, Tennessee Diamond DeShields and, and Mercedes Russell. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure, um, I don't know the age of Kayla Davis or Alicia Gray, but they also would fall under that category um, having redshirted a season. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps everyone to understand a little bit. We want to educate our fans as well. And with that, we are done with the show. Thank you so much. This was a show that kind of got bigger as the days went on. I want to thank Tarika Foster Brasby for her, uh, planning of the show. I mean, she got Don Staley. She was ready for every aspect. Um, and really, I just can't say enough about her contributions. Uh, this will be our last show for a while. We will begin again after WNBA season start. We're not exactly sure when, but I'll have more information upcoming on that. Continue to reach us on social media, hashtag Around the Rim. You can find me at LaChina Robinson. You can reach Tarika at SheKnowsSports underscore. Tarika, did I forget anything? You didn't. You didn't forget anything. Just uh, enjoy your time away in your vacation. If you have one, I certainly will. And <laughs> just because we're not on the podcast fans doesn't mean we aren't going to still be talking women's basketball. So make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter. We will. And also make sure you subscribe on iTunes or the ESPN app. You can download us. Thank you, fans. Again, we are just over a year old so we're still learning a lot about this podcast business, but we thank you for the ride, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, women's basketball! Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.